All right, everyone, welcome back to the Quake Show show, episode three here on the podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today, the first alumni interview that I'll be featuring, Mr. Adrian Lorenzo from the Miami Marlins. Uh, he currently serves as the Senior Director of International Operations with the organization, uh, a Penn baseball player back in his heyday, um, in, his playing, in his playing career, uh, formerly with the Boston Red Sox, world champion with them, and spent some time at Wasserman as well. Uh, we had a great conversation about the entire scouting and international operations side of an organization, and it was really cool to talk to him about that kind of stuff because after having a lot of conversations with our players who are trying to be scouted and trying to make to the next level, it was an interesting sort of point of view from the opposite side, from the scouting side, from the professional organization aspect. Uh, we had a great conversation just surrounding all that kind of stuff, and it was he offered some really great insight to myself and to all of the listeners. Another great week of practice, a couple, obviously, some BP tournaments and some challenges going on between the two different teams. Pitchers finally got velocity charting in, um, keeping track of, you know, who's on the hardest just to see where we were at towards the beginning of the fall season. Eli Trope topped out at 96. He had the highest velocity on the staff. David Shoemaker was at 95. And Danny Heinz topped out at 94. So some really promising stuff from the pitching staff, who was one of the top in the Ivy Leagues from last year in essentially every pitching category. Um, Coach Schwartz did a really nice job at making sure that the pitching staff really dominated all year and was one of the main forces behind why Penn had so much success last season. As you saw on our social media pages, we've been asking some of the guys, go-to guy would be for uh, if they were stuck on a desert island. So. We've been doing a bunch more throughout practice, so a couple more of those videos will be coming out in the next couple of days, weeks or so. If you have any requests on what I should ask the players, please let me know in the comments on Twitter. You could add us at Penn Baseball, um, send me a message or whatever it is, and I'll be sure to make sure that some of the guys know that we have a bunch of our followers asking some questions. And without further ado, my interview with Mr. Adrian Lorenzo. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Quake Show show. I have Mr. Adrian Lorenzo here with me, a Penn Baseball alumni, uh, the first alumni that I'm actually interviewing here for the podcast. Um, currently, he is the Director of International Operations for the Miami Marlins, so kind of a really cool role after his playing career wrapped up at Penn. Mr. Lorenzo, thank you for, uh, thank you for coming on today. Oh, really happy to, really happy to do this. Thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited. So I want to take it back to obviously your time at Penn. We'll start with that. Um, you know, as a college baseball player, right? You never really want to think about your time after you're done playing, right? Mm -hmm. I was I'm not a college baseball player. I was lucky enough to throw the ball with my left arm, so I was a half decent high school baseball player, right? Um, but I throw with my left arm as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with that being said, um, you know. Throughout the seasons as a college baseball player, you're scouting other teams, right? You're watching videos, you're sitting with the coaches, making game plans for your upcoming series. Was there something that you guys talked about that you really found that maybe clicked inside your head that made you want to continue in baseball when you were done playing? Like, was that ever a thought for you when you were, you know, still in college? Yeah, I'd say, I'd have to say that the first thought was to keep playing as long as I could. I feel like that dream, uh, in my head at least, stayed alive for, for longer than, uh, than it probably should have. Um, especially get, looking at it now, I'm an evaluator now, and I can tell my tools were short uh, to kind of, you know, excel at the next level. But, um, 
but I felt like I was an outfielder, not by, not because I, I wanted to necessarily, but because I threw with my left hand. So it just limited my, I always wanted to play shortstop, but right. can't be left-handed and play shortstop. So um, I played the outfield. I could run a little bit. I could throw, I could defend. Uh, but seeing the game from that perspective, it kind of puts everything in front of you, you know? So I, I felt like I've been watching actions, athletes, tools, things like that, my whole baseball career. Mm -hmm. um, so when it was starting to become clear that playing baseball professionally was less of, of a realistic option, um, that's when the gear started to shift into, okay, how can I, I've, I had never had a job before and I played summer ball all during, you know, between the college seasons. So I didn't have any work experience. And I thought to myself, what, you know, where else can I apply 20 years of baseball experience of this mm -hmm. thing? Uh, mm -hmm. And it actually first, uh, the first manifestation of it, I thought was to be an agent and to kind of go to law school and kind of take that route. Um, actually, a, a roommate of mine at Penn, uh, Maddie Tellum, uh, I'm sure some of you here are familiar with him. His, his dad, Arn Tellum, was one of the major agents in all of sports, kind of one of the pioneering agents, I'd say, in baseball and basketball. And so like that was the, when I met Maddie and I met his dad, that was like the first time I was kind of alerted to, oh, like this is this is a thing, you know, like this is a real a real thing. And he was obviously hugely successful and very kind and generous about answering questions. So that was my freshman year when we all we all went to dinner with with uh, with Maddie's parents. And that was kind of like the first time the light bulb turned on that there are other avenues beyond just playing Um but it was a little while before the, the actual team organ like org side front office thing became a possibility. So I actually entertained the agency side um, much more quickly than I did the team side. So with that being said, your first job for a team was with the Red mm -hmm. Sox, right? Transitioning, you know, from wanting to be an agent into an intern for a baseball team, yep. right? Or an organization. What yep. was that transition like? How was that? you know, sort of career path that sort of changed for you. Yep. Um, you know, and I also want to give a quick shout out to Sam Bennett, who was a senior on the team this year. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Sam is, but senior, um, he, him and I, well, and coach Josh Schwartz were talking. Um, he had a tough decision to make whether to play his grad year or to, an ex to accept an offer from the Rays, his hometown team in a baseball operations uh, fellowship role. So I want to give a quick shout out to him because, you know, as someone who, you know, is going from playing in baseball, right. Playing college baseball to now working for a team, what's that transition like and what sort of advice do you have maybe to current players who still want to be around the game, but their playing time comes to an end. Yeah. So I, I guess it's important context is there's, there's a little bit of a transition period between mm -hmm. that, like one thing and the other. So the college season ends and you kind of graduate a week later um, and then I actually, I went to, I took an internship with uh, Wasserman Media Group is the name of the agency at the mm -hmm. time. And they're, they're still referred to as that. Um, so I took an internship out there in their baseball department. And um, I thinking I was only going to be in Los Angeles for three months. It turned into almost two years. And I ended up working directly for quite a few baseball agents, including uh, Adam Katz and Lenny Strelitz. And Lenny Strelitz was one of the agents working there. He was a scout before and a scouting director at one point, like earlier in his career, and he's an agent now. Mm -hmm. um, and so that it's an important like point in the timeline, because that's where my eyes were open to uh, like the baseball scouting evaluation side as being a, a possible uh, career path. But I had just gotten to Wasserman. 
um, and I had just started down the agency path. Mm-hmm. Thought I was going to be there for an internship for three months. Very quickly, it turned into a full-time job. Um, and to answer your question about, you know, the things the things kids can do and, and guys can do to kind of better their chances in baseball specifically, I happen to speak Spanish. It's first language for me. Both my parents are Cuban. Um, so I, I had that, like I was able to kind of separate myself in that way when I got to the agency because they had a whole swath of, of Latin American players and not a whole lot of uh, Spanish communicators. So I kind of fell into a role right away uh, where I was working with players directly every single day from major league players all the way down to, to minor league players, acting primarily as a translator and interpreter for a lot of it. But that was kind of like my end to be around it and be around players and 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 team executives and agents and things like that. So I did that for over a year and a half. Um, was actually uh, very involved with Yoannis uh, Cespedes back in the day okay. uh, when he was doing his exit from uh, Cuba into uh, playing and signing a, a major league contract with a professional club. I got really involved in that because that was one of Adam Katz's uh, primary clients. So <clears throat> I explained all that because I, I went through the agency path and I had done so, so freshly off the field like so freshly from coming out a week mm-hmm. after the last game, I was working in this new place on this new, right. uh, which for any, for any college athlete, I think those of you that have, that have especially uh, kind of wanted to continue playing and didn't, and then you stop playing all of a sudden and you're transitioning to work life. That was a really tough transition for me. I had been an athlete my whole life and all of a sudden you're, you're just not, at least not with a specific focus. Um, so that, uh, that was a tough transition for me. So I had this itch to get back closer to the field. I felt at that time, the agent side was too distant from the actual gameplay and the actual like field and, and players and things like that. So I kind of pretty quickly developed a sense that like, uh, you know, this is cool. I like what I'm doing, but like, I, I know what I really want to be. And that's closer to the source for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's when, you know, thankfully I had b- built good relationships and had a good relationship with my boss at the time. And he, um, well, it's actually a funny story. I, and I can tell it now because it's Penn Baseball Connected. So Sam Conte uh, was a member of the Penn Baseball Club while I was there. Uh, he's one of my better friends in the world. Um, and he actually, he's from Boston and he was working in finance right after, right after he graduated and in, interviewed or tried to get a internship with the Red Sox in Fort Myers, mm-hmm. a player development internship. Um, but it was paying Florida minimum wage at the time and he was making pretty good money. And so he kind of went down the path and realized like, Oh, I can't take this job. Like this is, I can't take this big of a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but he thought of me as a recommendation for, you know, like I can't take this job, but I know somebody who might want it. It might be a good fit. And so he kind of pushed my name out there as well as my boss kind of calling over there and, and, and giving a good recommendation. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how the Red Sox thing came together. So you know, kind of one week I was working full-time in LA, had just gotten a full-time job. And, you know, the next week I kind of rolled the dice a little bit and moved all the way back to Florida uh, to take a player development internship in Fort Myers. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's how that transition uh, happened. Um, And I was fortunate enough for it to be with the Boston Red Sox, who who I had been like an avid fan of my whole life. Okay. Of a Red Sox fan than even a Marlins fan growing up. I got yeah, you. Yeah. So in you were with the Red Sox in 2013, right? Yes, that was my in, first year. Right. So being around the minor leaguers while the major league club went on to win a World Series. Yep. 
that's got to be a cool experience. I mean, you could talk briefly about that because obviously I have some other things that I want to get to. Yeah. Um, really just sort of, that sort of triggered a thought in my head. Yeah, no, it was a really, really interesting year. So I get there uh, late March, early April of 2013, mm-hmm. get there right in time for extended spring training. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, uh, for, for those of you familiar, for anybody familiar with the internship process anywhere, really, but in baseball at that time, specifically, it was a, it was a pay your dues type of role. Um, and it was, it was really, uh, it was that for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It started with like a 5am, like uh, 5 a.m. pickup of the van that you needed to drive to go pick up a group of players at the hotel to then take to the complex. So your days really started at four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do that. And then you get into your into your daily duties of video recording and and cutting up video and helping guys with all sorts of things, distributing meal money, uh, helping with with rooms, uh, with hotel room logistics, which is more complicated than, than I would have thought prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of like baseball related things like helping coaches out. And um, that was at the very beginning of like the introduction of like kind of advanced materials to minor league players and, mm-hmm. and help transition there. I mean, I spent a lot of time as an interpreter there because it was the complex level league. So it was a lot of times like a, a lot of Latin American players first, like first time going anywhere outside of where they lived. Right. And they were plopped into Fort Myers with very little and or limited English and were kind of told to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the Red Sox were good about making sure they were taken care of, um, but still a big, big culture shock. So I acted as kind of a buffer in a lot of ways. I remember t- countless times going to um, H&R Block during tax season to kind of help walk a guy through his first time doing U.S. taxes mm-hmm. or going to, you know, Chipotle to help them like order and like, you know, figure out where they can consistently get a meal uh, for a very low minor league salary at the time, still low, arguably, but uh, things like that were my first like welcome into baseball. Uh, And it happened to be like this very special season for the Boston Red Sox organization um, where they assembled like a really good team over the course of that one, that one season and went on to win the world series. So I kind of got in there right as things were uh, kind of firing on all cylinders there and was fortunate enough to be part of that postseason process and mm. saw a lot of players come through and rehab in Fort Myers that eventually went up and, and helped that team win. Um, and then they won the whole thing. And uh, the Red Sox, a great organization. They, I, I even, I got a ring, even though I was only an intern that year. So I have actually I have two, one from 13 and one from 18. Um, so that was a really, really special season and a really, really formative year in my overall baseball Mm -hmm. career but that that was the transitionary year from the agent side to to working on the on the baseball ops side right Uh, I gotcha I gotcha so now that you mentioned you're with the Marlins right uh before I want to talk about your specific role tell us what we got going on behind you right now in your background with that whole complex sure so this back here behind me uh, (laughs) is our is a rendering uh of our new uh Dominican Academy like our brand new Dominican Republic uh, Academy. It is a, I'm a little biased and close to it. So it's, but I think it's like going to be the best baseball facility uh, in Latin America and one of the better baseball facilities like in the world period. Um, It's just a, it's a massive structure. Uh, It's going to house over 110 people, like 80 players, two Dominican summer league teams, which is our lowest affiliate, like the lowest affiliate of, 
uh, professional baseball's Dominican Summer League, and we're going to host two teams there, um, as well as you know hold constant tryouts and workouts mm -hmm. there. Um, and it's got housing for all of those, like 110 people, uh, with like coaches suites, visitor suites. It's really like the Marlins really outdid themselves mm -hmm. uh, in in putting this together. And it's it's actually, you know what? I think I can. If you don't mind, it. give me a second to show you or share my screen to show you like a, an actual drone, uh, kind of like drone shot of. Go for it. Video. You can share your screen. Yeah. No, it's not giving me the option. Or it's not, uh, it's not giving me a. That's okay. I was about word for it that this is what it looks like. I yeah, can send yeah. a picture if you want, um, but it's it's coming along great. It's it's mm -hmm. actually projected to open mid September, so we'll probably okay. be able to host uh, instructional league, uh, Dominican instructional league down there, which is a little more of an off season camp, more like development focused for, mm -hmm. you know, guys that were hurt during the season or guys that are making a positional change, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So it's a lower leverage um, opportunity for guys to continue get continued development. It's set that's set to open here now in the next month and a half, two months. Very cool. That's really, yeah, obviously exciting times for you, for the Marlins with that kind of stuff. Now I want to take it to the big league club for a quick second. The team right now built around those really, really good young pitchers, right? We have Alcantara, Edward Cabrera, Pablo Lopez. Um, does your role change based on sort of the outlook of the major league team at all? Or is it like you're specifically focused on bringing in those really good young Latin American players, showing them the new campus that you guys have and bringing them to the Marlins organization as, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old kids. Sure. So my, in this moment, like since right around October, September, I've been, you know, the senior director of international operations mm -hmm. more formally. Um, so that is like squarely in my purview. That is like front of mind most of every day. Uh, but it's important. Like I came to the Marlins um, as a special assistant of baseball operations and scouting. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the title. And I came into at that time, that first year effectively helped run the pro scouting department, which is a mm -hmm. whole other like different space. Right. Uh, as well as I was part of like the, I don't know, six or seven person leadership group where all decisions were made, major league roster, um, anything related to player personnel really uh, was involved in all those discussions and continue to be involved in those discussions to this day. Uh, after that, you know, I think two years ago now, I would have been uh, promoted to director of baseball operations where my, like, my main focus was the major league club and all things related to major league players and, and player mm -hmm. personnel moves. But even then, you know, we're not a very large front office. So there's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that I ended up getting involved with that were beyond the scope of international necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, right now my, my primary focus is the international scouting department, but to your question of, of those pitchers, like, you know, feel like one degree of separation from like discussions about, you know, those pitchers progression, whether it be being part of the conversation to acquire them, mm. you know, or being part of the development conversations and, and decisions, promotion decisions, things like that, that ultimately got them to, uh, to this point. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, you know, the list is, is a lot is long, uh, even beyond, you know, the three names that you referenced, um, you know, been in those trade rooms, been in those, uh, draft rooms, things like that. Uh, so <clears throat> as my role changed as a result of them, not necessarily. Um, but, you know, I do do some like 
the front of mind item is is this back here right and, you know as of right now just to give you an example we signed in this current signing period that we're in we've signed over 65 uh players since october wow and we'll probably end up getting closer to 90 mm -hmm. uh, by the time january rolls around so it, it it ends up taking up a lot of your time yeah and absolutely. in order to do it you have to physically be in these places for the most part so mm -hmm. i spend a lot of time traveling to latin america gotcha I want to touch on one last thing before I let you go. You guys are having a new renovation project. So is Penn Baseball, right? Michael John's getting the whole big uh, renovation. We're turfing the, in, turfing the entire field. We're angling it so that left field corner isn't, you know, 260 feet down that little line or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I wish it was on the other corner. I wish that was the right field corner, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, trust me, every time there's a foul ball hit down in the press box, I'm just looking over like, hey, <laughs> you can never, you can never tell. Um, but with that being said, getting a really nice new state-of-the-art facility down in Philadelphia, um, what does that mean to you as an alumni? And what do you think that means to, you know, players coming in, you know, as you see it, you're doing the same thing essentially from the professional level. What do you think it means to, you know, the coaching staff as from a recruiting standpoint, sort of everything um, with the whole renovation project, what do you think that means? Everything. Mm -hmm. If I had to sum it up in one word, I think it means everything. It's very mm -hmm. fundamental. And I'll explain, I'll explain why. So I actually have a deep appreciation for playing surfaces now, especially after constructing a new, helping construct a new um, academy and facility. Mm -hmm. But I, I wish you could see a lot of the fields that I end up going to and what they look like, the state mm -hmm. that they're in, you know, a random field and, you know, Boca Chica, Dominican Republic can really look a lot different than your average field anywhere here in, in the States, right? So like, I have a deep appreciation for the fundamental playing surface and how that could shift a, the timeline, accelerate a timeline in their player's development, help you avoid any sort of injuries, mm -hmm. you know, holes and, and inconsistencies in playing surfaces. Like those things end up mattering a lot more than I would have expected them to. And right. that conversation has been had a lot more recently because we've built this thing. So ensuring that that surface uh, is a kind of like a good ground for the development of, of major league potential players. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing applies to Penn baseball, right? I think the same thing applies to Michael John, to the Mike. It's, you know, uh, it, I think it's going to change the path. It's going to not, not that it needs changing, fundamental changing, but I think it's just going to put Penn baseball like into a state of legitimacy uh, that, you know, that it deserves that it, like the program itself is performing in such a way that it deserves a, a new facility to be able to kind of accelerate that growth. And I think that that's what it's going to do as well as like, I mean, look at the end of the day, you want the best players to be able to come to your place or want to come to Penn. So mm -hmm. like a thing, like as a recruiting chip, you know, it, it's, it's right front and center. It has to be in what you're trying to do. Um, especially because it's, you know, in Philly, it's tough to find good space. Like it's just, and, and yeah. the mic is, is kind of uh, forced into that corner over there where you're not, you know, with the power plant and all that, mm -hmm. like you're not working with, with, uh, I don't know, let's just say an optimal location for a baseball playing surface, but you, you make do right. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is going to be a game changer for Penn baseball. And, and I think that uh, I congratulate them and I applaud them for making sure that this gets executed because like I said I'm going through this a version of this mm -hmm. and I can appreciate the ability to actually execute it more so than I ever thought 
So the mm. fact that it's being done is, is a major step. And I think it's, I think you're going to see exponential growth for the program over the course of the next five, 10, 15 years as a result of this, as well as the job that Yerk and, and the rest of the group are doing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I answered your question. Yes. Yeah, you definitely did. Yerk is beyond excited for it. I mean, obviously all the coaches and the players are, um, but Yerk comes up to me every day, every day I practice with something. I think I'm going to do this with the dugout. I'm going to do this with the behind. I'm like, all right, coach, coach. You got the impression down pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's your field. I'm cool with whatever. I, I'm just the intern. Um, all right, Mr. Lorenzo, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, just like uh, to those of you that would be in Penn baseball that are currently part of it or as an alumni, like I very much like, open to talk and help and intrigued and curious about all the stories and, mm. um, you know, just kind of like want to express availability, you know, um, I, I know we have formal channels to do so. I work more in like a little bit of a personal uh, kind of communication line. Mm. So I just wanted to express that openness, whether it be about baseball or otherwise. Mm. Um, I just kind of want, you know, those in this group to to know that that's the case and to feel free to reach out whenever you know cell phone email whatever whatever works best and i don't know if you intended that to be a part of the podcast but i think it's something that that i feel like there's a barrier there i know me as a as a, an alumni mm. uh or as a like a when i was a player it was it's kind of awkward to reach out but you know i guess i wanted to be the one to take that step to be like you know to say that there's a avail- I'm available to discuss and talk and just kind of share perspectives at any point um, for anybody connected to this program. So I just wanted to make sure that that was said and, and out there. Um, but yeah. And I like to talk baseball. So, you know, I can sit here as, as long as you want. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I'm sure all the players appreciate you offering your advice and everything. Um, and with that being said, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time this morning. I'm going to let you get back to, whatever uh, director of international operations does on a Wednesday morning. And uh, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate yeah, it. You got it. And then one last uh, PS shout out to, uh, is the dirty two thirty still a thing? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, shout there. out to that house. We were, uh, we were the originating class of that house. Oh, okay. So good cool. to see that that's a still, that's still an institution. Yeah. That's uh, we'll leave it at that though. <laughs> yeah. All right. we, we need to. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Everyone, this is Mr. Lorenzo. Mr. Lorenzo, thank you very much. Have a good day. Take care. That was fun. See you. That was my interview with Mr. Adrian Lorenzo, Senior Director of International Operations for the Miami Marlins. Uh, once again, a Penn baseball alumni, just a great person to talk to, talk about baseball, talk about his career path, talk about uh, everything that he's sort of accomplished in the baseball world over the past couple of years. Um, just a really interesting conversation for someone who's interested in working in baseball in their future as I'm sure a bunch of our players and a bunch of aspiring collegiate baseball players are interested in this, just to hear what he's got to say about the entire professional baseball world. Um, the international scouting system, the Miami Marlins, New Dominican Academy, all just interesting touch points that we spoke about. Uh, it was a great interview. And next week, uh, really one of the most funs I've ever had on a Zoom call Um we had two Penn baseball super fans, two Seth Wirtchin super fans, Steady Eddie, Horns Up Chris. We spoke for, I don't know, close to 40 minutes or so. Um, just guys being dudes, I guess, if you want to call it. Uh, Seth actually Zoom bombed. I told him we were doing this. He's like, oh, man, I got to get in on it. 
Um, so he's, we surprised them with that. And uh, it was just great to see their reactions. It was great to have that uh, moment with them. It was just a really fun interview. And I'm glad that I was able to put it together and sort of make it come to fruition where these two guys have been following us hardcore since the beginning of the 2022 season. Seth has been loving it and they've been giving obviously him a bunch of attention on social media. So just a really cool conversation that we were able to have. Um, And that'll be out next Wednesday. And until then, have a great week. Let me know if you uh, want me to ask any of the players any funny questions to put together for a video. And I hope that you'll listen to me next Wednesday. All right, just want to give another thank you to Mr. Adrian Lorenzo for taking the time to be on the podcast. Uh, It was a great conversation, like I said before. Um, It's really interesting and insight on the entire scouting world um, from his point of view. Next week on the show, we got two super fans that I interviewed. Um, Our two biggest fans from down south in the land of Texas. It was exciting. We had a great conversation. It was hysterical, actually. These two guys, uh, biggest fans, talk about how they learned to follow Penn Baseball, just all the interactions we've had over social media, as well as uh, they got a guest Zoom bomb from their uh, from their favorite player. Hope you enjoyed this one, um, and I hope you listen to the episode next week with Steady Eddie and Horns Up Chris. Like I said, it was a heck of an interview. We had a lot of fun. And overall, just a great time. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.